from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. I'm like, really? Toronto fans, you're going to complain about officiating and stuff? Just be I'm glad sorry, you last, made it out the first round. Last time I checked, I think the <laughs> NHL will probably want the Toronto Maple Leafs to advance further than the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> just just be glad you made out the first round. Just exactly. Just be, it, it hadn't happened in a while. It's been over been 20 Since years. we graduated high school. Exactly. It was 04. Gosh. But now we have the Florida Panthers coming in. Now, I'm also wondering who's ESPN going to choose on this one? Because we all know that ESPN, the national media, was like, hey, what about the New Jersey Devils? Let's be all in on them. Or let's be all in on the Rangers or the Bruins or the Devils or whomever it may be. So I'm curious what the national media is going to do regarding this. But there's a lot of connections between the Florida Panthers as well as the Carolina Hurricanes. For example... Paul Maurice, the head coach of the Carolina, or sorry, of the Florida Panthers, was the first ever head coach in, of the Carolina Hurricanes. He was previously the head coach of the Hartford Whalers. Mm-hmm. The Carmanos family actually hired him as like a junior coach and then assistant, minor league coach, all that kind of stuff. Then eventually promoted him to be the head coach of the Hartford Whalers. The team moved from Hartford in '97 down to North Carolina. Who was the head coach? Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice. When Carolina made it to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2002. Who was the head coach? Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice. Now, the other big connection. When they needed him to come back. When they needed, yes, when they needed, when they <laughs> when needed, needed Paul Maurice back. to come back. <laughs> After firing Peter Lavalette. Yes. Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice. He was there. Was right there. Paul Maurice, I think at the time, was actually the youngest coach in the NHL to make a Stanley Cup final. Pretty impressive. Awesome. He was in his 30s. Mid, yeah. Younger than us. He's in his mid-30s. So, there is also the connection of... Jordan Stahl, the captain of the Carolina Hurricanes, two of his brothers, Eric and Mark Stahl, play for the Florida Panthers. Now, people might know the name Eric Stahl, but for a lot of younger Canes fans, or maybe you just come into Carolina Hurricanes fandom over the last five or so years when the Canes have started making this run uh, in the playoffs that they've had, you might have heard the name Eric Stahl, but maybe you don't actually know who Eric Stahl is. Now, Eric Stahl has been in the league he was drafted Forever. in he, for a long, long Forever. time. He was drafted <laughs> in 2003-2004 season was, was he was drafted. He was drafted yeah. in 2003, that summer, by the Carolina Hurricanes. Was had a pretty good rookie season, 11 goals, 20 assists, not bad for a 19-year-old kid, right? There was no hockey season in 2004-2005 because of a lockout with the owners and the Players Association. Well, 05-06, when the Carolina Hurricanes make their Stanley Cup run, Puts up 45 goals and 55 assists, 100 points Crazy. as a 21-year-old. Makes an all-star team, was fourth in the MVP, the Hart Trophy voting. And then you actually go to the playoffs. And in the playoffs that year, not only does he just go out there and crushes it, but plays in all 25 playoff games, puts up 28 points, nine goals, 19 assists, including seven power play goals and a game-winning goal as well. 25 playoff games puts up 28 points. He was one of the stalwarts. He was one of the young guys. It was like him and Cam Ward were like the young guys on the team, right? Mm-hmm. We had the veterans such as Rob Brindamore that was brought in. Mm-hmm. He had other guys like Eric Cole um, that were was part of that team or part of that run during that season for a bit. Uh, but Mark Recchi, some of these other veteran guys that were brought in. But he was one of the core young Carolina Hurricanes, he and Cam Ward, that the team was building around. And they won a Stanley Cup in 2006 a lot of it due to him as the young guy. And obviously Cam Ward 
winning the um, the Conn Smythe as a rookie goalie. So the connections between these two, and also, yeah, Mark Stahl is also the brother of Eric Stahl, who's brothers with Jordan Stahl. So there's a lot of connections between these two fan bases. Uh, I'm sorry, between these two franchises. And Eric Stahl was with the Carolina Hurricanes up until the 2015-2016 season when he was traded away to the New York Rangers uh, when Carolina just was, again, continuing to go through a rebuild for a long time. But Eric Stahl was the face of the franchise for the better part of 10 years. He was yeah. or one of the faces of the franchise for a long, long time. And he's coming back to Carolina to face his former team with a chance to go to the Stanley Cup Finals against the team he won a Stanley Cup for. It's all interesting, and along with that, um, people were kind of wondering what are their parents going to do. Yeah. Uh, but apparently the parents of the Stahl brothers are going to stay in Thunder Bay. They're going to stay up there in Canada and mm-hmm. just going to chill out. But they do have a, another brother, Jared Stahl, who uh, is on the coaching staff with the Charlotte Checkers. Yeah. Uh, he supposedly, reportedly, uh, will uh, be uh, at some games. I would suspect PNC Arena since oh, yeah. that's – only a two-and-a-half-hour drive just for hop him. Hop on the train. Hop on, or, or hop on the train and come up, or maybe he can just drive. Um, you know, and, and so they'll be seeing it. So it will be a family affair uh, with all the Star brothers, uh, Mark, Eric, and, of course, Jordan Stahl with the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm looking forward to the series. I think it's going to be really good. I, I do have a couple of numbers to throw out at you, all right? So we saw – when Carolina against the New Jersey Devils, when Carolina was at its best, New Jersey could not get through the neutral zone. So the area between the two blue lines, New Jersey cannot advance the puck up ice cleanly, right? Well, I got some numbers for you. So neutral zone steals per game in the playoffs so far. Carolina Hurricanes first in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. News third, Florida Panthers. Neutral zone pass interceptions per game. Panthers one, Hurricanes two. Neutral zone deflections causing turnovers. All right. This is just deflecting a pass, again, causing a turnover eventually. Canes first, Panthers second. So we're seeing, like, we're just two teams staring in the mirror at each other. Yeah. Two teams staring in the mirror at each other. So I said it for the New Jersey Devils series. I'll say it for this series coming up. The game's going to be actually won between the two blue lines. Who can advance the puck up the ice cleanly? The simple as that. Because both these teams, I, scoring chances are going to be at a premium, I think, in this series. Absolutely. Don't be shocked if we look at the, the shots on goal total after some of these games, and it's like 22-23 yeah. per team. That's it. With 2-1 finals. Yeah. Or, 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 one nothing. or it might be 25 shots on goal each, and it's 5-4. <laughs> because that, that's that kind of deal. Here's something else that was interesting, too. Um, you know, of course, this, one of the stars for the Florida Panthers, Matthew Kachuk, uh, came to them uh, this past season, uh, offseason, in yeah, a trade. From the Calgary um, Flames. We were, I was just reading mm-hmm. uh, from uh, an article from Pierre Lebrun from The Athletic that the Carolina Hurricanes actually were the team in the runner-up to get Matthew mm-hmm. Kachuk, but it's just that the, the Florida Panthers had a lot more to offer uh, to the Flames or to get to offer. Or willing to offer, I should say. Not more to offer, but willing to offer than what the Carolina so Hurricanes did. So, Matthew Kachuk had over 100 points this season. Mm-hmm. He's a power forward, very similar to Andrei Svechnikov. But this dude puts up goals um, and is not afraid to get physical. But the Florida Panthers traded away Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weaver, and a first-round pick. Now, people may not know who Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weaver are. Imagine if the Carolina Hurricanes traded away 
Sebastian Ajo and Brett Pesci in a first-round pick. No. Exactly my no. point. <laughs> that, exactly. For Matthew but, Kachuk, yeah. But Florida had to. They said, you know what? They won the President's Trophy in, in last season as mm-hmm. the number top points in the regular season in the NHL. Didn't get far in the playoffs. So you're like, you know what? Got to do something different. So they pulled the trigger. And it's paid off for them right now because in the Eastern Conference Finals. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap away are you ready to buy or sell your home the jim allen group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the triangle dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs with the latest insights and expert market knowledge they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible don't wait head over to jimallen.com and start your next move today that's jimallen.com the jim allen group your partner in real estate. Switching things over to kind of keep it local basketball-wise. So we talked a little bit earlier about Duke basketball. Jeremy Roach is returning. A former Duke star, Oof. Jason Tatum, dropped 51 points for the Boston Celtics Oof. yesterday. Oof. Oof. Now, I'm not going to get into a game breakdown of the Celtics, Sixers, any of that kind of stuff, or how James Harden stinks when, uh, when things actually matter in the playoffs. Not going to get into that right now. But you mentioned something to me, a classmate or someone in the same recruiting class as Jason Tatum at Duke, Harry Giles, to think what could have been for Harry Giles. For those who don't know who Harry Giles is, please explain. So let me go back and say this. Jason Tatum, 51 points last night, the first time ever anybody over the history of the NBA, think about all the great players that's ever played, Michael Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Bill Russell. Nobody has ever dropped 51 points in a Game 7 playoff game. It's never happened. It's a lot of history. So that's a lot of history. So look at where Jason Tatum is. He went to Duke. Uh, I think he was drafted. It was like 2017 uh, when he was drafted. It was the 2016 uh, high school class, and he was third coming out of, his, out of high school in, in that year. Okay. Right? Number one, Winston-Salem, North Carolina's own, Harry Giles. All right. Well, those two guys, Jason Tatum and Harry Giles, were best friends, are best friends, and they decided to go to Duke together. Mm -hmm. Harry Giles, however, was coming in, even though he was the number one player, he was coming in hobbled and injured. So let's take it back a little bit. He went to Wesleyan um, uh, Academy um, originally, which is in High Point, North Carolina, uh, Brandon Childress went there, Seventh Woods. There's other people who have been there. Theo Pinson. Um, he played with a lot of great people. Harry Giles, six foot eleven, uh, could handle like a guard, could give you the spin moves, could dunk, had also the power moves and the post presence, also had the ability to shoot. He got a, a, a knee injury at the end of his sophomore year in high school. Okay. And I was watching him that summer after his sophomore year in high school we went to the same gym in Greensboro. Oh, really? And he, where he was rehabbing. And I was every morning. I'd see Harry Giles with his trainer getting his knee back together. Mm-hmm. This was the same summer that he was getting close to Coach K when he said a lot of people backed off. Coach K was there checking on him all the time. 
Harry Giles ends up having another knee injury before he leaves high school, comes into Duke, and has a slow start to the season. Because of his history, ended up going into the NBA draft just like Jason Tatum did, and he ends up going to the Sacramento Kings. Ends up bouncing around the NBA a little bit, has another knee injury, and he's currently out of the NBA. But it was supposed to be him and Jason Tatum mm-hmm. together, doing their thing together. And it just shows you how thin the margins are right here, especially when it comes down to how healthy can you be? Yeah. How healthy can you stay? Um, and the fact that Harry Giles, who still has all the talent in the world, it's still there. But after three knee injuries, major knee injuries, I'm talking ACLs. Yeah. How can you put on your best? And how many teams are going to willing to you know take a flyer on you, pay you millions of dollars for that? Not many. And so maybe he'll get another chance. We hope he gets another chance to the NBA. But last night, his best friend, who came out of high school the same year he did, dropped 51 points and, and made NBA history. He's dealing with injuries. Very that, interesting ju- juxtaposition. And this is uh, this is. One of the reasons why we see athletes try and maximize their earning potential in terms of the dollars that they make, because again, the window for them to earn money is so, so small. That's why I love NIL. Yeah. Because let's just be real. Somebody like Harry Giles, if you would have seen the mixtapes he had coming out, like no. his mixtapes back in the day when he's coming out of high school, where like, you know, the compilations of all the crazy moves that he did in high school and uh and in AAU, Harry Giles has one of the best mixtapes that ever came out. Mm-hmm. Harry Giles, with his knee injuries and knee problems, if NIL had existed then, could have stayed in school for a little bit longer at Duke with the best medical care uh, around here Mm -hmm. and could have maybe earned some money and could have eased his way into the NBA and maybe even have a a better start than what he had right, uh, you know, what he just had uh, when he went out in 2017. Yep. It's one of those classic situations of what could have been. And unfortunately, we never know what actually could have been. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at the designery.com Chris this past weekend you went down to Charlotte sir yes sir you went and saw the legend himself Bryce Young the future <laughs> yes. Hall of Famer Bryce All Young 5 foot 10 190 pounds of him is there a bust already is there a statue already built outside of, of Bank of America Stadium I mean not right now but there is space where you know uh there used to be the Jerry Richardson statue uh, that's a good point. So if you There's want to put point. somebody's statue, if it's not going to be Cam, might as well do Bryce Young. All right. Now, <laughs> I'm curious because you were down there. Yeah. Give a perspective when he's out there on the field. Does the size 
truly show or the lack of size truly show when he's out there on the field? So I didn't notice the size until we went to the press conference. We saw the um, the practice first. Then after practice was wrapped up, we did the press conference. Press conference after that, after watching an hour of practice, mm-hmm. the first time I noticed the size. Now, he doesn't pop out at you. He, he obviously wasn't the biggest guy on the field. But never did I see anything that he did on the field and think, like, man, that guy's too small. Mm-hmm. When they did the seven-on-sevens, he looked fine. He looked like he belonged. And he was throwing guys open. He was dotting out there. Austin Prohl was out there as a um, – as a trout player, former UNC uh, wide receiver, of course, his dad, Ricky Pro, used to be with the Carolina Panthers, played with the Panthers back in 03 when they had their first Super Bowl. Former run. XFL star, Rick. Yeah. Austin Pro. Austin Pro. Um, Austin Pro was interviewed after that, and, and you know, it does. He has no reason to say anything good. He doesn't know if he's ever going to get called back by the Carolina Panthers. He was talking about how much of a command that Bryce Young had how he was throwing people open. It's one of the best he's ever seen. The son of an NFL star who's played at a high level himself is saying it's one of the best he's ever seen. And he was like, look, this guy played at Alabama, man. He's yeah. When he goes to the end, he's going to get against LSU. He's going to get, go against LSU every week in the NFL. He's already done it. So he can do this. And so he had very high marks. Uh, I, I thought that the size didn't seem like an issue. However, again, seven on sevens is different when you don't have six foot five defensive ends coming at you yeah. uh, in, in live action. So it might look different then. But from what I saw from one practice, it, the size didn't seem to matter. Well, here's Carolina Panthers head coach Frank Reich on how Bryce Young, we talk about how he takes command and communicating. Here's how Bryce Young communicates with his teammates on the field. I think Bryce will have his own way of getting the most out of guys. You know, I, I don't. I'm not one of those guys. I've never been one of those guys that uh, that thinks that there's just one way to do that. Um, you know, in fact, I, I think that for guys who try to do that and it's not natural who you are, it usually backfires. So I think it's uh, everybody has their style. Certainly Bryce has been very su- uh, successful, you know, with his style. So the biggest thing we want for him is just be yourself. And one thing I thought was also interesting too, uh, Dennis, is that I've covered rookie minicamps, OTAs, you know, all of that before. Mm-hmm. And typically for the Carolina Panthers, there's a particular spot where right as they enter the practice field, if you're the media, if you're there maybe an hour ahead of time, you can typically catch everybody walking in, making their way to the practice field so you can get video of the walk-ups. Because as the media, we can't film the entire practice, so you get as much video as you possibly can. So that's exactly what I decided to do uh, Friday. I wanted to get there early enough for that. I was It was me and a guy from WFNY in Greensboro. We were the first two TV cameras out there. Yeah. And we get to the, to the field to catch the walk-ups, and we look over to the field. Bryce Young already running drills with much of the offensive unit that was there. Hmm. The only people that really came up were the guys on defense because they weren't already on the field. But he was already running plays with Austin Prohl, with Jonathan Mingo, who the Panthers took in the second round of wide receiver, and with other wide receivers. His practice habits are already there, and that's exactly what Frank Reich was bragging about after they drafted him number one overall. Well, Reich talked about that on Young's first practice as a Carolina Panther and really setting the tone. So, yeah, again, Bryce Young. Uh, it's actually a Bryce Young on his first practice. My apologies. It's not Frank Wright talking about it. This is Bryce Young talking about it. My apologies. 
as a Carolina Panther and setting the tone for the team. Huge day for me. Um, you know, this is my my first day of practice. Um, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. So of course, you know, I, I wanted to wanted to set the tone. Um, you know, I was just here trying to trying to get stuff down like we all were. Um, you know, we've talked about it a lot as a team. Um, you know, being prepared, making sure that um, you know, in this really mini camp, you know, we've talked about the themes of the team, and you know, one of them is is making sure that you know we're prepared and to do what we want to do. So you know, I think we all here want to make our the best first impression we can. Um, you know, there's so much that you know I'm excited for and, and want to improve. And I'm super happy to be here. So, um, you know, I, I just want to do everything I can to, you know, have a good first day and, you know, hopefully keep stacking them. But just overall, what were your impressions of him? Um, you know, his, his answers, I think if I go through 18 weeks of, of those types of answers, it's boring. Like, just, well, yeah. let's just be real. But just overall, your impressions of him. But you, you know were what? there. You saw it. That could Eyewitness be, news. That, I want it. That could be a good thing, though, right? Maybe. Like, being boring isn't always a bad thing. Depends. Because, you know, like, we got a chance to to cover Baker Mayfield last uh, last year. He's flashy, but what does that get, get you? Right? So, um, I like Bryce Young. I, I think he's going to be good for the Carolina Panthers. And they're actually back on the practice field today where he's going to take most of the second-team reps. But they're going to work him up to take first-team reps okay. um, in their offseason program. This will be his first time practicing with the entire team. He was yeah. just with the rookies this past week. So I want to see what what the reports are coming out of practice this week as he's going up against um, Marquise Haynes and uh, Yitour Gross Matos and all these real, like, huge defensive linemen that he's going to have to see on a weekly basis in the NFL. But my impressions are this guy's legit. He's for real. He is a leader, and the Carolina Panthers will be better because of it. Does that mean they win a Super Bowl? I don't know. That's a that's a huge jump. But the Carolina Panthers will be better because of Bryce Young if he's on the field. Does he start week one? You know what? I, I, initially, I was thinking no, that maybe it's going to be Andy Dalton's job to lose or when Andy Dalton loses, that he'll be ready. But um, if he's already going out on the field an hour ahead of time to practice plays, to get everything down, and we're not even talking about anything that is like he's doing. This is all the voluntary stuff, yeah. right? When you have to be there for for mini camp uh, and for training camp, he's he might have it down. They've already said he's a, he's a fast learner. He's a quick learner. So there's a chance he does start week one. I'm not going to definitively jump on a ledge and say he will, but I think there's a there's a higher chance that he he starts week one right now than what it was before. Okay. All right. I'm going to take your word on that. I'm. I'm still skeptical because okay. of the frame, but based off everything everyone tells me, that he has everything else in terms of pocket presence, all those kinds of things, to be a great NFL quarterback. Time's going to tell. One of the things I like uh, like for him right now, of sure. course, is the Panthers' uh, dedication to the offensive line. This organization yeah, has helps. not been dedicated to the offensive yeah, line Yeah, you don't want an Andrew before. Luck situation. Um, so with the line that they had last year, that's great. Everybody's going to return once everybody is done with their injuries. But they also added Chandler Zavala. They've also added a few other pieces in free agency. Uh, Chandler Zavala, the, the fourth rounder from NC State. He was out there at rookie minicamp this past weekend, too. He looks big, fast, and he's like, like he's going to push people around as well. So when he's behind guys like that, Bryce Young, I, I think Bryce Young is going to be absolutely okay because he's going to he knows when to get the ball out. He's not going to be holding it too long. 
At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. 